الحمد لله الحمد لله وكفى وسلام على عباده الذين اصطفى صلى الله تعالى عليه وعلى اله واصحابه وبارك وسلم تسليما كثيرا كثيرا اما بعد فقد قال تبارك وتعالى في القران المجيد والفرقان الحميد انما المؤمنون الذين اذا ذكر الله وجلت قلوبهم وَإِذَا تُلِيَتْ عَلَيْهِمْ آيَاتُهُ زَادَتْهُمْ إِيمَانًا وَعَلَى رَبِّهِمْ يَتَوَكَّلُونَ وَقَالَ تَعَالَى وَمَن يُعَظِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ فَإِنَّهَا مِن تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ وقال النبي صلى الله عليه وسلم ليس من امتي من لم يجل كبيرنا ويرحم صغيرنا ويعرف لعالمنا حقه او كما قال عليه الصلاه والسلام صدق الله صدق الله مولانا العظيم وصدق رسوله النبي الحبيب الكريم ونحن على ذلك لمن الشاهدين والشاكرين والحمد لله رب العالمين respected ulama ikram elders and brothers generally the people of this world judge the worth of a man by his wealth if he is wealthy then they feel to themselves that he is valuable but in the sight of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala the worth of a man is gauged by his values a person who has got values who has got etiquettes what we would normally term as adab the more the person has got adab in his life then in the sight of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that person is more acceptable that person is closer to allah subhanahu wa ta'ala he is more valuable the wealth does not have any value in the sight of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala that is why allah will give the wealth to his enemy also allah will give it to the kafir also the person who is worshiping idols worshiping the sun worshiping the moon allah will give him wealth he'll have more wealth than us but values is what counts in the sight of allah subhanahu wa ta'ala and this is what we normally call adab respect In the words of Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmatullahi he says kadal adabu ayyakuna thuluthay ad-din unfortunately nowadays these things are becoming like extinct you don't even hear of it very few people even practice on it 
Very few people are even concerned about it. Whether they have it, they don't have it, their children have it, they don't have it. But Abdullah bin Mubarak rahmatullahi being such a great muhaddis, alim, saint of his time, he says this adab is so important that it almost consists of two-thirds of deen. Your integral part of your deen lies in this adab and this respect. Another place he also mentions that I fear if I leave out some adab, you know, there's adab and etiquettes for different occasions, for different places, for different ibadat, there's adab, there's etiquettes. He says, I fear if I leave out one adab, then Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala will take away everything that He blessed me with. Then there is a famous saying of Hazrat Abdullah ibn Mubarak rahmatullahi, wherein he says, Man tahawana bil adab, uqiba bi hirmani sunan. That person who becomes very lax and he becomes disconcerned of adab and showing the necessary etiquettes, then he is punished by being deprived of the sunnat. Slowly, gradually, sunnat will come out from his life. Why? He's got no adab. So he's got no adab, he's not worried about the etiquettes of the different occasions, different people. So sunnat will come out from his life. Then he says, وَمَنْ تَهَا sunan." Now when you become lax when it comes to sunnats, you know a lot of people ask you, it's only sunnat, do I have to do it? So you become lax when it comes to sunnat, then what's the next step? Now you are punished by being deprived of the farais. Now your farz is going. Now the man is sleeping, for your time is coming, he's oversleeping, he's going out, he's going somewhere, some entertainment, he's missing his namaz. Farz is going. And then he says, وَمَنْ تَهَا farā'id." That person who becomes lax when it comes to his farais, then he will be punished by being deprived of marifat and iman also too. Now there's a fear that man can lose his iman also, because he's very lax when it comes to the farais. But it starts off with the adab and the etiquettes. And that is why there is a saying that states, you know, the person who has got no adab, then He's got nothing in life. He may have got everything outwardly, all the materialistic things, but he's got no adab, he's got no etiquettes, he's got no respect. He cannot differentiate between people. You're talking to an old man, you're talking to a young boy, you're talking to a senior person, you're talking to an ordinary person, you're talking to your father, you're talking to your worker. He can't differentiate. He speaks to everyone the same way. He doesn't know etiquettes. So that man has got nothing. He's got nothing. He's completely deprived. He may have got all the wealth in the world. You see, a person's speech is a very important thing. That is why in those days and times, people would go into the gatherings of pious people to learn this adab and etiquettes. It is mentioned Imam Ahmad bin Hamal rahmatullahi. Sometimes in his gathering, there will be about 5,000 people sitting. People had shock, they had talab, they had desire. They wanted to learn. Now we don't know nothing, but we don't want to learn. That is the biggest problem. No one has got any desire anymore to learn. There's no desire for knowledge. It's like every person feels to himself, he knows everything. He's the ultimate. He's reached the highest position. So there's no need for him to benefit. But whereas, no matter how great you are, no matter how high you are, no matter how learned you are, no matter how knowledgeable you are, there's no point when learning stops. You've got to carry on learning. 
You got to carry on benefiting. Deen, there's no stagnation. Either you're going forward or you're going backwards. There's no thing of you remaining in one place. No, if you're remaining in one place, it means you are retrogressing, you are going backwards. So they say 5,000 people. From there, 500 people are taking down notes. So then 500, the students that are there. And the other 4,500 people are only sitting there to learn etiquettes, to learn how to speak. As someone said it very beautifully, it takes a person maybe few years of his life to learn how to speak, but it'll take you an entire life to learn what to speak and what not to speak. What you must say, what you must not say. To who you can say what, and to who you cannot say that. There's different people, different positions. You have to know how to live, understand the occasion. There's certain occasions you must keep quiet. You mustn't talk, understand this is not an occasion now for you to make an issue, for you to start fighting. It's not an occasion for that. Intelligent man has to understand that. There's certain people you have to know, you have to keep quiet. This man is senior. This is my father. This is my mother. They told me something. Keep quiet. Remain silent. I cannot say anything. Why? Because this person's right is too great before me. The right is too high. It's not my place for me to speak. And as I mentioned, the people of the past, they used to go and learn this. They should study this. They should send their children to study this other than respect. Even the children. I'm talking about the monarchs of the past. The rich people of the past. I don't think they were wasting their money on all these different functions like how we waste it. Wasting the money. They weren't wasting the money. They were spending the money. In a good part, they said this child needs to be taught. He needs to be educated. He needs to be disciplined. He needs to learn discipline in his life. Otherwise, this child will not be an asset to the community. He will become a liability. Everywhere he'll go, he'll start fighting, he'll start swearing, he'll start screaming. What's going to happen? He will disgrace me. He will embarrass me. He will humiliate me. People knew what was morals. Nowadays the father does the same thing. So what is he concerned? You sit with people sometimes. You're just having a normal conversation. The man starts swearing F's and B's. Now you start thinking, I mean, where did this man, did he not ever learn... Maybe he's coming from a background. He was not trained properly. Maybe he got a lot of wealth. He's driving the most expensive car. But he doesn't know how to speak. He's just talking absent. What, what's occasion? What, what are you swearing for, brother? Is, is there something wrong? Still, if you're angry, something happens, someone swears, you can understand. They don't even understand that this is words that you're not supposed to be taking out from your tongue. This is words you're not supposed to be saying. So Harun Rashid, he once sent his son to the Ustad, to teach him, one is he wanted him to get knowledge, and he also wanted him to get adab and discipline. So those days they should make the child, the child also must serve the ustad. He must make the khidmat of the ustad. So he must learn how to make khidmat. What good is in him if he cannot serve anyone? How can he become a ruler? How can he become a king? That's how our rulers nowadays, they just became rulers. They never went to any procedure. They don't know what is to serve people. They don't know what is to have concern, what is to have some to- sort of shafqat and compassion in the hearts. We get blown away with flowery speech, but these people have got absolutely no morals, let alone ordinary people. They can't even show any respect to their own elders and seniors and their parents. How are they going to serve you? They can't, the man can't serve his mother, he can't serve his father. What is going to serve you? He cannot serve you in any way. He'll just bluff you, he'll fool you, give you some flowery speech and blow you away. That's all. So the Ustad told the son of Harun Rashid, 
that, you know, I'm making wuzu, you must pour the water. So he's pouring the water, and the ustad is washing his feet. So as Harun Rashid comes in, the king of the time now, I'm not talking about ordinary men. Imagine some ustad makes your son do this, you take exception, you know, what you think, my son is your servant, he's your slave, you make him do all this here. So when he comes in, Harun Rashid, he looks at the ustad, and he tells him, you know what, Sheikh, I sent this child to learn discipline by you. Why you didn't make him pour the water with one hand and wash your foot with the other hand? You should have done that. He's just pouring the water, such an easy task you gave him. You should have made the task more difficult for him. So as I mentioned, people, you know, they would go out, they would go send their children to learn these things. Because they felt, you know what, if this child gets a proper training, you know, inshallah, this child one day will become an asset. He can carry my name. He can bring respect to my family. Otherwise, it will be a humiliation. It will be as embarrassment. Where did this child come from? Which background does he come from? He doesn't know how to speak. He's just swearing. He's getting angry. He's screaming. He's shouting. People themselves used to go in the company of mashayikh. You hear of people going into the company of sheikhs. It's been a common practice. Even ulama in the past, when a person would graduate, he would go into the company of a sheikh for six months, one year, to go and get training under him. Then you saw the color on that person. Now you saw the way he speaks. You saw the way he conducts himself. You saw the way he carries out himself. Why? Because he's been trained. He didn't just come from the sky. He didn't fall automatically. He went for training. Those two people from India, they said to themselves, we need to reform ourselves. And respected friends, we all need to reform ourselves. As I mentioned, even you may be as great as you may be, but you still need reformation. There's no point when you can say you've reached perfection. That is why every namaz you're asking Allah for hidayat. If you're guided already, why are you asking? Because there's more and more roads of hidayat. There's definitely more scope for progress. But unfortunately, we have come to a point where we feel we, we don't need to progress anymore. So they come to the sheikh from India, they're traveling to Balkh, Balkh, hundreds of miles now. In those days and times, as they're making wuzu, both of them are speaking. One person says to the other, you know, you know in India you have the holes, like how we have the wuzu khana, Grace Street Masjid, you'll still see the holes. So they have like a pond, and you make wuzu from the pond directly. So they're speaking among themselves, and one says to the other, that our hose is much bigger than this hose. Our pond is much bigger than this one. It's a small pond. So the sheikh overhears this. But that time was very rigorous training also. Now you can't do these things. Now person will run away. Sheikh says, what, what, what you said? So no, you said that our pond is much bigger. Oh, how much bigger is it? Now they don't know. You made a statement. You said your pond is much bigger than this. How much bigger is it? Five meters, ten? I don't know. Okay, what you do? Go back to India now. Go and measure your pond. And you come back. Go tell me how much bigger it is. So they go back. This is discipline now. You're not understanding. You may think to yourself, hey, what's wrong with this man? He's teaching them a lesson of lifetime. If this man can control his tongue, his life is made. He can't control his tongue, finish his marriage, will be in problems. His whole life will be in problems. Every day we're fighting with someone. So now they go back to India. They see just so much, you know. Like this amount, that amount from the thumb till the baby finger, that's how much bigger it is. So they were happy, it was bigger. Now to come back and say it's smaller would be an embarrassment. So they come back and they tell the sheikh, see, this is how much bigger it was. 
He says, but you all said it's much more bigger. How can it be much more bigger? This is so little bit. It means you people can't control your tongues. My advice to you, go way back home. Go back home, learn this thing. Now he was teaching them a very important lesson. That, that journey never went to waste. That person for the rest of his life when he speaks, he'll be cautious. What I'm saying? Am I saying the right thing? Am I making any statement? You know, we are just anything. You say you heard something here, you said it there. You're not worried, not concerned. Is it true? Is it not true? Is there another side to the story? Did I hear the other party's, other party's version? I heard one man came, gave me his story. Did I? I didn't hear nothing. I'm just talking. I'm just speaking. I'm just bulldozing. So this is now adab and respect. We're speaking about adab and respect. It's something that we need to learn. It's something we need to inculcate. And this is the month of Ramadan for this taqwa, to create caution in you. You know, you want to go and eat something, now you're gargling your mouth, you're very careful, very, very careful. Gargling my mouth, water mustn't go down my throat, I mustn't break my fast. So like that in every aspect of your life, you need to be careful. What you say, you need to be careful. How you behave, you need to be careful. How you conduct yourself, you need to be careful. This is adab. When this adab comes in a person's life, now he becomes refined. Now this person, now he's an asset to community because he's got that respect, he's got that adab, he's got that etiquette. Allah Ta'ala says, وَمَيْ يُعَذِّمْ شَعَائِرَ اللَّهِ That person who respects the salient features of Allah. Now he's speaking about respect. There's different dimensions to respect. The salient features of Allah you respect, then that is a sign فَإِنَّهَا مِنْ تَقْوَى الْقُلُوبِ This is a sign that there's taqwa in the heart. Now you talk about masjid. You talk about azan. You talk about Allah Ta'ala's name. You talk about Nabiya Kareem Sallallahu Alaihi Wasallam's name. You talk about a senior person. You talk about a pious person. Now you've got respect. The respect comes from your heart. It's not like, hey, what's this? Hey, who's that? No. That is Allah's name. That is Azan. You know Bishar Hafi Rahmatullahi. He became a very great saint. One person one day he met him. To him, I would like to know how you started off this whole road to piety. Because I see your name is like the name of a Nabi. You know, when people take your name, respect comes from Allah. Respect doesn't come from wealth. Allah gives respect. Allah puts respect in the hearts of people. So Bishr Hafi told him, Okay, let me tell you what's my beginning. Often in life we look at people's endings. We don't look at their beginning. We don't look at the sacrifice the man made. He says, one day I was walking on this. I was an ordinary person. In fact, not an ordinary, I was a bad person. I had evil habits, evil qualities in me. There was nothing good about me. But one day I was walking on the street. I saw one piece of paper lying on the floor. I picked up the paper, I see Bismillahir Rahmanir Rahim. Now Bishar Hafi, Allah's name, Allah's name thrown on the floor. How can that happen? You see, it's a very important lesson for us. If you don't all this literature they give out, if you can't respect it, you rather leave it and not take it. Read it there and leave it same place because you're gonna take it home, you're gonna throw that thing. Some places we've even seen where that new letters or newsletters or something Islamic is in the toilet, is on the floor where, the, where, where all the dirty water is. 
Some people even eventually, because you just left it thrown around, maybe the worker didn't know, the maid didn't know, she took that thing. Hazrat Hakim al said one place, I feel many of the major calamities that are afflicting the world nowadays, one of the main causes for it could be the disrespect that people show to Allah's name. How much of disrespect you show? So Bishr Hafi picks it up, he holds it, he kisses it. This is Allah's name. He puts it in his pocket. He said he only had two dirhams at that time, two dirhams. He goes to the itar shop and he takes the two dirhams. Give me the best itar you got for this price. Only two dirhams. He takes the best itar and he rubs it over the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Allah's name was thrown down on the floor. Allah's name was trampled. Let me put itar now on the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is, understand the spirit respected friends. Who does these things nowadays? Who really worries about these things? It's just the superficial. The superficial, we only got the outward, external part of deen. What we're supposed to have in the heart, we don't have that. That night he goes to sleep. Remember, Allah is watching. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala is watching your respect in your heart. No one knew about this. Bishr Hafi didn't go and make an announcement. You know, I'm so pious. So much of Quran I'm reading. So much of Dajjal. No, no. He, I'm a bad person. I'm an evil person. But Allah's name I can never show disrespect to. And that night he sees in the dream, someone is telling him, Ya Bishr, tayyabta ismi, la utayyibanna ismaka fid dunya wal akhira. Oh Bishr, today you put itar on my name. I am going to make your name fragrant in this world and after. People will want to take your name. People will want to speak about you. People will honor you. People will respect you. This is the starting point in my life. That was a turning point in the life of Bishr Hafi Ali. And then he set out to get onto the road of piety. And ultimately then he became Hazrat Bishr bin Harith or Bishr Hafi Ali. Hundreds of years have passed and we're still taking his name with so much of respect. There's always a lesson to learn. So this was now the respect for the name of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the name of Allah. I have to show respect to it. Hazrat Ibrahim alayhi salam. He was Khalilullah. You know, the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. There's different reasons that ulama give why. But one reason they give is one day, one person was taking the name of Allah in a very beautiful, melodious voice. It caught the attention of Hazrat Ibrahim. Allah's name being taken in a beautiful, melodious voice. He told the person, repeat it, take it again. The person, that was actually an angel that came down. What will you give me? He says, what you want? He says, give me all your wealth. He says, take all my wealth, it's fine. I'll give you everything I own. But take the name of Allah again. I want to hear Allah's name again. That desire in the heart, that love for Allah. That love for Allah is now that burning fire in the heart. I want to hear Allah's name. This world means nothing. The luxuries, comforts mean nothing. Person took the name again, second time. Very beautiful voice. One more time, please. One more time, I know hear Allah's name. He says, what will you give me now? What do you want? He says, give me all your children. I'll take them as slaves. Says, you can have that also. And then he told him that I am actually an angel. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala sent me down to test you, to see how much you love the name of Allah. 
And now you have been given the title of Khalilullah, Khalilur Rahman. This is the friend of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is the friend of Rahman. Hazrat Ibrahim al-Islam, we, what takhadallahu, Ibrahim al-Khalila, Allah declares in the Quran, he was the Khalil of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. So it was an account of this action. As I mentioned, different things, different, you know, salient features. Take the azan. One woman is passing away. Completely illiterate, you know, jail coming from the village. No education at all, nothing. She's passing away, but at the time of mode, she's speaking fluent Arabic. People around her also completely illiterate. No learned people. Call one alim, someone who knows Arabic. What is this lady saying? So he goes close to her and he hears, he's saying, هَذَا الرَّجُلَانِ يَقُولَانِ لِي أُدْخُلِي الْجَنَّةِ These two men are telling me, enter Jannat. Two farishtas she can see. And woman passed away. What was so good about this woman? What value she had? No, this woman here, one quality she had, when azan was given, she make sure everyone in the house is silent. Everyone must keep quiet. All the children, keep quiet. No noise. There must be absolutely silence now. Because of that, Allah loved that so much. Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala had forgiven this woman. One person is making wudu with Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullahi on a stream. So he's in the upper part of the stream. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal is on the lower part. This person is thinking to himself, I'm making wudu here. Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal, a great imam of his time, my leftover water is being passed to him. Although it's flowing water, so flowing water is permissible. But he couldn't accept that. So he moved away. He went on the other side and he made wudu. He didn't tell anyone anything. After this man passed away, someone saw him in a dream. How did it fare with you? Allah forgave me. Allah honored me. On account of which action? The respect I showed to Imam Ahmad bin Hanbal rahmatullah. That day I showed respect to Alim of Deen. I said, this man is an Imam. He's an Alim. Let me show him that. Not for show, not for name. No one knew about it. Only with that, that this is a friend of Allah. This is alim of deen. So respected friends, we can continue with this topic. But time does not permit us to go into too many details. Remember, the month of Ramadan is also one of the salient features of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. This is a month that also deserves respect. We have to show our utmost respect to the month of Ramadan. You know, the people of the past, they didn't have so much of knowledge. People didn't have outward, there wasn't so much of deen. But come the month of Ramadan, if a woman wasn't wearing a scarf, now she's wearing a scarf. Now they're wearing cloaks. Now they're dressing properly. Now there's some zikr in the house. There's tilawat in the house. Now the television is off. Put the TV off. Ramadan, no TV. They knew. You know, the people of the past, they should call it TV Dajjal. They were watching it, but they knew. Deep down in their hearts, they knew. Now you, you think nothing about it. You're watching on your phone. You're watching on your device. You're watching all this filth. You think nothing of it. But they had respect. So the month of Ramadan, it deserves utmost respect. Remember the Mubarak nights are coming. If a person has got this Laylatul Qadr, have that desire in your heart, Allah bless me with Laylatul Qadr. Allah don't deprive me, it's okay. Everything else from the world, give it to the people of the world. They can have that, it's fine. But don't deprive me of the Laylatul Qadr. Search for that night. Have that respect in your heart. Have that desire in your heart. I must get the Laylatul Qadr. I must not be from among those people that Ramadan will pass and I never earn the forgiveness of Allah subhanahu wa ta'ala. Then I will earn the curse of Nabiya Kareem sallallahu alayhi wa sallam. 
I don't want to earn the curse of Nabi Kareem sallallahu What goodness can come in my life if I earn the curse of Nabi sallallahu alaihi wasallam? So the day of Juma, the month of Ramadan, these are Mubarak days, Mubarak moments. Let us show the utmost respect, you know, in our dressing, in our conduct, in what we do, staying away from all sorts of sins. Inshallah, in this way, Allah will bless us with the true barakat and the blessings of the month of Ramadan. The people of Hazrat Dawood alayhi salam, they had to respect the Sabbath, the Saturday. But they were commanded not to do fishing on that day. But Allah made it such that the fish will come on the, on the shore on Saturday. So they thought we'll look for a, for a loophole. You see, these loopholes don't work. All these different loopholes we're making, you just, you know, appeasing yourself. But in the sight of Allah, it's going to bring Allah's wrath and punishment. So they put the nets from Friday, and then Sunday they were taking it out. So Allah Ta'ala disliked that. And Allah Ta'ala changed all those people into apes. Hazrat Hakimul Umar Ramatullahi, this incident comes in the Quran Sharif. He comments on this incident and he says, in our time, if we will show disrespect to the sacred days that Allah blesses us with, then maybe physically people won't turn into apes. But Allah will then demoralize their character into the character of animals. That man will be a human being, but he will behave like an animal. So it is something for us to be really concerned of. Let us value these last few moments. Before you know it, the month of Ramadan will be gone. Let us have the utmost respect. As we mentioned, all the different sage, sage, the, 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 the features of deen, the outstanding features of deen, salient features of deen, we show respect to it, we show respect to our parents, we show respect to our seniors. Inshallah, this will bring us success in this world and the year after.